Hello everybody and welcome to Into the Fogcast podcast. We're back, 2022. This is going to be a great year. We have an interview for you today. We have the clown. We have two guys, Kemsey and Officer Honks. And also joining us along for the ride is Topher. So let's check in with Topher. Topher, how are you and how was your new year and Christmas? Hey everyone, I'm great. I hope you all had a lovely Christmas and a fantastic new year and brought it in safely. Uh, yeah, I know I did. I quite like Christmas to be honest and New Year was uneventful but, you know, we got to watch the fireworks and whatnot. Oh good. The fireworks, like a lot of people like fireworks. I just stayed in and played VR all night nice and safe. I did a bit of DVD as well so, you know, it was it was okay in the end. Okay, so, like I said, we're talking about the clown today. Now, we interviewed a couple of people for the clown interview, so you'll get to hear them a little bit later on. But first of all, let's talk about our own experiences with the clown. Now, when I first started playing DVD, the clown was, I think he was actually one of the first I did start playing. Um, I really liked the fact that he was so simple to play. And back then, obviously, there weren't as many killers. I think it was Trapper and Clown, for me, personally. And, uh, yeah, I just like how simple he was, you know, literally throwing a bottle, slowing the survivors down, and just one sh- just one-shotting them sometimes with the ultra-rare add-on. Um, but obviously, you eventually, you do run out of those. Um, so what what's your take on the Clown? I, I The Clown's one of those killers that I have very... Um, very little experience both with and as against. If I'm not against a very certain person in my survivor lobbies, then it's most likely not going to be a clown. So as such, I don't have too much experience looping them. All I know is he just locks down locks down loops, forces you to go to a different one. Maybe he gets a, an easy M1 along the way. Playing as him, I've played a few games as him, not too many to call myself anything near an expert. But yeah, even playing him, I just found the same thing. Lock down a loop, the survivors run to another loop. You try and lock that down, and you just got to try and get your M1 along the way. Yeah, see, like I said, one of the reasons why I like playing Clown is because he's quite simple. As some of the perks that I did tend to use, um, Barbecue and Jelly, I love my blood points. Absolutely love them. Um, and knowing where they are as well, once you hook someone. Because he needs informational perks, really. Um, pairing that with, you know, ruin and dying, or you can just put pop on. I I do think just putting pop on with barbecue, because I do think he's got some other perks as well, which I do think work well. Like for example, um, spirit fury or enduring, or both, or both. Yeah, preferably both. I mean, if you manage to hit somebody, they're going to be in the gas. They're not going to know where you are. They slam a pallet, and you've got a decent chance of getting out of the stun quick enough for you to go and hit them. Um, save the best for last as well. Especially if you can throw a gas at the pallet or the window, slow them down, and just literally grab them. I do think you... Yeah, I do think preserve them stacks. Yeah, exactly. I do think you benefit from it. And then maybe a couple more deadlock and jolt. They could be good slowdown perks. Um, but yeah, that's my take on it. What about you? 
Well, I think I think Deadlock has creeped its way in a lot of um, a lot of people's regular builds. They they make them slightly more meta. But um, before we did our interview, I tried playing a little bit of Clown to get into the mindset of a Clown gamer. I dumped a ton of blood points into him, and I kind of because of his lack of mobility, I I kind of relied on um, Lethal Pursuer a lot more than I should have, just for some super early game pressure, know where someone is, and just beeline straight for them and try and get start and end a chase as soon as possible. Other gen defense perks I kind of needed as well due to the lack of mobility. Pop, his own perk. Jolt as well, just as you say as well. Maybe even Ruin Surveillance, if you can hope that your Ruin will last long enough. But um, I also kind of like running Tinkerer on him as well. You know a gen's about to go off, you've got Pop on hand, and you just go and uh, push him off and pop it. Sounds like a decent plan, that one. Um... So add-ons then, um, mm -hmm. if you if you can afford it, I think you know Pinky Finger is probably one of those best add-ons. You know you hit somebody with a bottle and they're insta down. Um, but that's more of like if you can afford it because they're ultra rare add-ons anyway. So I always take a sticky soda bottle. I just I like carrying more bottles. The more bottles, the better, really. And then just something. You know, I like solvent jug, which increases the invigoration for one second. That's good just to get around the map a bit as well. What about you? Um, well, pinky finger for me is um, something I don't like relying on too much. But if I've had a super bad game and I want to try and make up for that, I'll, I'll take it in one game or two. Um, the cigar box as well, just for the aura reading. Pair that with the um uh the what's the what is it the um the one that increases invigoration duration that was it just so you can get more on that but you're using two add-on slots for that i am my favorite ones to use are like the i like the bottle of chloroform to increase the gas cloud i like the um the throw cooldown could be useful um or the reload speed as well or the the slower hinder he has a lot of solid add-ons that can just work really well in a lot of a lot of good situations that aren't too niche like you can there's only a few add-ons that don't go that don't get a lot of use but most of them will have some value one way or another in any given game i do think the cigar box is really really good in certain situations you know you you throw a bottle at your feet and then you can see where they're going and try and possibly out mind game their mind games on the loops yeah and then you get call a wall hacker. Exactly. Pair that with tattoo's middle finger, and which does both gas anyway. Mhm. Mm and you ain't got to worry about it too much then. Yeah. I mean, there's no point running both the cigar box and the tattoo's middle finger. If you just in, if you just catch them in a purple gas cloud, you see them for six full seconds, and most of the time, them six seconds on a high wall at least is all the time you need to get all the info you need to know where they're going. Exactly. So, as a survivor, then, um. Sometimes, depending on who the clown is, sometimes I don't mind going against the clown, but it's that gas really, really annoys me. It slows me down to the point where I'm more than likely going to get hit every single time I come to a window or any kind of vault. But when I know where the gas is going to go, I'll try and go as far away in the opposite direction as possible. Just don't always work out, though, because the reason why they threw the gas and where they threw it in the first place is to stop you going in that direction so you're going to get hit anyway 
Yeah, they're just they're doing exactly what they want to then, aren't they? They're corralling you away from a strong loop or a pallet that's safe, and they're going to go for that more easier M1 in the open. Yeah, exactly. If you have um, if you have bad eyesight in general, like if you're colorblind or if you just if you just have a, like you just don't like wearing glasses when you know you should, that gas is going to hit you even harder. Oh, I know all about that being colorblind. Mm -hmm. um, any other tips for the survivor side? Um. In my personal experience, now I don't I don't like doing this myself because it's a very they are a very limited resource in the game. But if you can trust your survive, fellow survivors to get on with the gems, and you think you can make the chases last long enough, and you happen to be on a map like the game, pre-dropping pallets, because if he's at the loop with you and he gasses the pallet, and you're trying to mind game and they're trying to mind game, you're not going to see his red stain well enough because your screen is going to be all hazy, you're not going to see anything, and it's, it's down to a 50-50 which side they're coming from. And you will, you might lose that 50-50. If you're already injured, then you're basically, you're, you're going to die. At least you can vault pallets quickly enough under the gas, but obviously windows are a different story. Oh yeah, um... It's not like uh, it's not like Pinhead's chain hunts where it forces you to do slow vaults when you're in when you're chained. At least with clown gas, you can still fast vault over a pallet. Anyway, I think that is about it. Um, so let's get on with the interview. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Into the Fogcast podcast. Today we've got two guests with us. So first guests, tell us who you are and who you main. My name's Hans. I am a clown main who pretty much only plays the killer. I've been playing Dead by Daylight since the uh, since its 1.0 launch in 2016. My name is Kemzy. I've been playing clown. I started playing the game in 2016 and stopped, and then I came back when clown was released, and have been playing since clown's released till now. So 2018, basically up till now. Nice. So when I first started playing DBD, this was my first killer. Um, I started playing him and really got to grips with him. He's, I like his simple gameplay and his playstyle. But what do you enjoy playing about this killer? I really just enjoy the uh, the depth of things you can do around tiles with his power. Um, because the gas will expand further the higher up it breaks. Um, you can do a lot of really unique stuff at different loops and you can play every map differently. Um, basically, when I first uh, I played him because he was the newest killer at the time and uh, when I hit someone for the first time and I heard him laugh and do his trick I just fell in love with him and I vividly remember I got my first killer compliment playing clown somebody said GG good clown and I was like I'm gonna keep playing this guy and then every time a new killer released I was like oh maybe I'll main this character but I kept going back to clown learned more about him like Honk said I learned the tricks learned the bottle tosses and just been playing ever since well great um, thanks for coming onto the show guys it's lovely having you both here um, so should we start with your builds? Uh, so if you guys were playing to win and you wanted to be as efficient as you possibly could, what are your go-to perk builds be? And can you run us through the synergy of these perks and the killer's power? Uh, me personally, right now I am running No Way Out, uh, Corrupt Intervention, Brutal Strength, and Save the Best for Last. Uh, Save the Best for Last is probably Clown's best perk. It's uh, because Clown's main gimmick is building dead zones and getting a lot of pallets and windows out of the way, if you hit someone with Save the Best for Last, um, they're going to get less distance on you and you can lock them down in that dead zone sooner. So you, your dead zones can be smaller and you can still capitalize. Um, I also run Brutal Strength so that once I break a pallet, I can get uh, caught up to a survivor earlier so that I can attempt to lock them down in poor situations. 
Corrupt is just good to get that early pressure and start building the dead zone earlier. And No Way Out, now that all the dead zones have been made and it's the end of the game, I can keep survivors in that match longer. If I'm playing to win, I've experimented recently with a, a new build. Uh, I use Deadlock, Corrupt Intervention, No Way Out, and either Pop goes Weasel or Jolt, but I prefer Jolt as it saves time, not kicking gens. Corrupt gives you a nice tree gen and uh, forces the fibers to come towards you. Deadlock, like, I, under, I underestimated Deadlock because it literally prevents gen rushing in a way because it blocks the closest gen to completion for 30 seconds. I really underestimated it and it saved me a lot of games. So that's a new favorite of mine. No Way Out is an extra minute, so it's a no-brainer. And um, yeah, that's basically what I've been using. Jolt, as I said, it just saves time kicking gens and I'll swap it out for pop every now and then. I suppose there's also um, sorry, there's also a ruin undying tinkerer and corrupt, and that's self-explanatory. It's the old reliable as well, but with the new boon update, that build is pretty much irrelevant at this point, I believe. Yeah, they're the standard meta perk builds for pretty much most killers. Okay, so now that you've just run through the perk build, um, do you have any other perk builds in case people don't have certain killers unlocked, like for example, some of the free ones? If you just have, uh, if, if you just picked up the game and have every killer at level one and you're leveling clown first, I would recommend using uh, Pop, Callrophobia, Sloppy Butcher, and Whispers. I don't recommend using Bamboozle if you're a new player because you're not going to learn how to run tiles as efficiently and you're going to start crutching off of Bamboozle. Um, I believe that if you're, if you have all the other killers level that are free, like Trapper, Nurse, uh, Billy, Wraith, I believe you should switch, uh, the Callrophobia in that build for Brutal Strength, and I believe there's also arguments to be made to run Nurses, with, uh, Circle of Healing being so strong right now. I would, uh, agree with Honks' build there. I did suggest the Bamboozle, but after he said, uh, it won't teach you how to play the game, I completely agree with it. The only thing I would changes maybe uh for colophobia maybe if you're struggling to find survivors a bitter murmur it can show you what survivors do after popping a gen it's a bit of information you know may not maybe useless information but if you're new to the game anything helps right but clown does sometimes rely on information perks right yeah my old build when i had no problem with gen rushing it used to be barbecue whispers brutal strength and pop and whispers got me a lot of 4ks back in the day it's one of my favorite perks but i just simply can't run it in today's mmr system sadly in the uh, recent clown games i've played in the last few days i've kind of been relying on lethal pursuer at the start of the game as well for that early game info i mean i know it's not one of those value perks you get from like a free killer or um, a non-licensed one but it's just one that i kind of got used to having with him Lethal's great, but uh, generally for my early pressure, I just prefer Corrupt, and I, I had never liked stacking the two of them, because then I feel like once I get into late where Clown's really strong, I just have to rely on the killer instead of having to anything to back me up. Yeah, I was against Corrupt Intervention for the longest time, but, uh, you know, it's very boring to run gen perks, but you just have to with a killer like Clown, you know? It's sad, but it's just a true reality. Yeah, that's very true. Once they're, once they're used up, you're just running two perks for the rest of the game as well. All right, well, this is my favourite question in the whole segment, and I get to ask it. So, everyone likes to let their hair down from time to time, and just play the game for fun. 
Could you share with us any meme builds that you love to play once in a while? There aren't many uh, specific clown ones in particular that I like to run, but uh, my favorite thing to run whenever I'm getting bored of just running my meta build is I like to switch to Trail of Torment with uh, Dragon's Grip and then just kicking a gen at, in whatever main building I get and just standing behind a wall and waiting for my free insta down. Yeah, he told me about that earlier. Sounds like a really good one. But um, I suppose there's always the old reliable builds like, you know, Backpack, so Iron Grasp, uh, Agitation, Mad Grit. There's uh, Pallet Destroyer Clown, Spirit Fury, Enduring, uh, Brutal Strength, Fire Up. There's uh, a lot of them. But um, you can do slugging builds. But the like we were saying earlier is... Um, you have to not care about winning when you're going in with these builds because uh clown doesn't have the natural pressure like someone like blight would with these builds you know so he's not the perfect choice for a meme build unless you just like the aesthetic and the laughing and stuff you know to be honest backpacking in particular though uh does have some decent merit for real games just because um if you can run cigar box with it it ends up being decently strong just because Cigar box starstruck. Uh, you get to see where everyone is, and you're uh, faster than them while carrying. Yeah, you're actually right. Didn't think of that. So this is going to depend on the perks that you use. But as with any killer, you always like to use the same set of add-ons. What works well together, and what would you recommend people to use or even avoid? Clown's actually really lucky here because all of his add-ons are pretty good. Outside of fingerless parade gloves, that's the one add-on I'd really recommend avoiding. But outside of that, everything's pretty good. Um, the reason I'm running Brutal Strength in my build is that, that uh, I don't have to switch it when I switch add-ons. Um, a lot of his add-ons are good, but they require different building. Um, so for example, the uh, the feather add-ons are, you, there's like a 0.5 second delay before Clown can break a pallet or hit a survivor after throwing, but he switches that when he's running feather and it's less of a delay. So you could throw a yellow bottle at a pallet that a survivor is sitting at and then as you break it, the speed boost activates and you can get uh, way more distance uh, gained than you normally would have the survivor just drops and runs. Um, especially if you combine that with like uh, one yellow bottle add on one feather, you can do things like Flask of Bleach. Um, if you only run around purples, Flask of Bleach will stop way more loops than normal clown would. Um, all of his purples are good. Cigar Box is really great for tracking. You can't go wrong with anything outside of uh, Parade Gloves, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and just for reference on um, Fingerless, uh, the gloves, because I didn't give a actual reasoning on why they're so bad. Uh, generally, the, the difference between Clown and the other ranged killers and what will set him apart and let him make different plays than a killer like Huntress, Slinger, or Plague, is that Clown can really precisely angle his projectile over objects, over jungle gyms, main buildings. Um, and things like that to make unique shots. But when you're running fingerless, your arcs are more like Huntress hatchets, and it will actively hurt the amount of shots you could make, or it'll hurt the uh, the angles that you could hit, and your power will be worse off in most maps. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, Pregobs is the worst add-on. Parody Bottle, you can say it as well, because it's just a meme. <clears throat> but... um. There's a lot of add-ons that are the same. For instance, uh, Flask of Bleach. Well, no, not Flask of Bleach. Um, wait, Flask of Bleach is the best add-on in the game, in my opinion. Extra 5% gets you that distance to a pallet before they're able to drop it. 
So that alone is perfect, especially with like gin bottle or soda bottle. Ether 15% and bleach is a really good combo because it adds an extra second of slowdown and four, you know, that's 12 seconds of slowdown at 80%, which is crazy. You could also run um, the gin bottle with the 15%, which is pretty good. But um, it just really depends. Like I said, uh, everything is good except uh, the brown add-ons, but the feather is good. The feathers are really good as well. They can give you a grab at a window. Like if you slow down and uh, they slow vault, they can make the difference between a grab or a hit at a window, which I didn't realize till like a thousand hours in on clown. So yeah, I'm still learning a lot about them. Something I wanted to add as well. Um, if you're going to run 15% or gin bottle with bleach, they both actually slow down for a maximum of uh, 12 seconds. Because you have six bottles with uh, the gin, and the uh, two seconds slowdown is 12 seconds, six by two, and uh, the 15% adds an extra second to each bottle, so four, you know, by three. So it's actually the same. The, they're the same add-ons, basically, unless you just want two extra bottles for bottle tosses or a longer chase. There, uh, there's no difference. So when going into a match, what strategy do you use or does it depend on the map and perks? Um, generally the perks are what's going to decide how I play the beginning of a match. Um, because I'm running Corrupt um, and No Way Out, generally I'm trying to play for 12 hooks instead of camping or tunneling um, to secure an early, an early kill and pressure off of that. So I'm trying to find my first survivor as soon as possible. No setting up, no scouting out areas, uh, no setting up three gens because it's just anti-synergistic with my build. Um, so generally I uh, see where I am on the map and then I try to get to the direct diagonal opposite to it because I know a survivor is going to spawn there every single time. If I see someone else on the way, that's great. It'll save me a couple seconds. If not, get to that corner, find someone there. And if I can't, patrol the gens that are not uh, affected by corrupt to make sure they're not getting any progress early. Yeah, so um, go in a lot of times for the 12 hook game, you know, to play fairly. But um, the thing is, uh, with clown, a lot of the time it doesn't go to plan, even with the corrupt intervention. I have the issue as well myself where um, I don't run it all the time, so I'm looking around the map and by the time I find someone, a gen has popped. So a lot of the time I have to play dirty, which is why you'll hear a lot of survivors say clowns are very very dirty players I mean, a lot of us are because um it's you know like he's not a great killer as hurtful as it is to say we all love clown but you know he's not a great killer so we do have to play dirty a lot of the time so um i've as of recently since uh, mmr i've been defending hooks a lot more than i would usually in the past i would just go across the map to another gen i still do that early game but when there's like two to one gens left and especially if there's no gens left uh i usually will proxy an area hoping to get a you know the bottle toss interrupt because a lot of survivors don't realize they've been interrupted and they'll go grab again you can usually get a grab and then you can slug and then you have immense pressure one person on hook one person slugged at the hook it's the play i usually go for as of recent or it's a basement play where you can do the same thing but um yeah Basically, since this new system, I've had to become a lot of a, a lot more of a dirtier player. And uh, it's not something I'm proud of, but it's just the way the game has gone. Unless they buff Clown again. Well, you guys have um, played Clown 
long enough to have your own style of play um, a sort of style that you like to stick to most of the time and it works well for you but do you like to change your playstyle based on how the survivors play or do you just stick to doing what you do best? Uh, generally in my own play uh, that all depends on how good the survivor is and less so how they play. Um, if a survivor is very good at reading and a survivor is very good at um, telling what I'm trying to do then I'm going to try to switch up my placement of bottles of different tiles to try to mind game them or mix them up. Um, but if a survivor is average, um, generally I'm able to just follow a flowchart of this bottle goes here on this tile, this bottle goes here on that tile, and I don't really have to mix that up too much unless the survivor's really good. Yeah, exactly the same here. Um, for instance, like at a TL wall, maybe I'll hit the edge of the bottom of the T, shut down the whole TL wall, but... Um... Usually, if a survivor reads that, I'll have to change the bottles to the head of the T or maybe at the bottom of the L. There's different strategies, but if it's an indoor map, you always just go for the roof and shut down an entire room. And like I said uh, in the last question um, for playstyle, if the game is really, really generous-y and I don't have a, I have a bad map and there's not a lot I can do, I'll play dirtier, like stick around a hook or maybe tunnel if I have to. If they're pretty chill, I'll basically follow the survivor rulebook and give everyone a turn and chase, but the chances of that happening in today's games is pretty slim, unfortunately. So with the release of Boon Totems, what do you think are the Totem Spawns, and do you think they can be improved? I think the Totem Spawns for some maps are fine, some maps are too easy. I wish they would be more equalized, like, um, you know, for every map where I have, where I'm playing Survivor and I load into like Larry's and I can't find it all game and I lose because I can't find a ruin. Uh, there's an opposite game where I'm playing killer and I load into Disturbed Horn and it's just sitting in the middle of an empty field. Uh, I wish the totems were more equalized and it would feel like a lot less RNG if they were equally hard to find across maps, but right now there's some maps where it's way too difficult and some maps where it's way too easy. Yeah, same here really. Uh, Auto Haven is just ridiculous. All maps on Auto Haven, are, uh, besides Wretched Shop, you know the one with the car and the garage. There's a spot in there which is the best totem spot of all Auto Haven maps. Macmillan has an okay few, but like Auto Haven and um, even the like Father Campbell's Chapel maps, they're pretty bad spots. The best ones I've seen is like Dead Dog Saloon. Uh, Midwich is really good for totem spots, but I believe they'll redesign some of the maps in the future and make all totems hard to find because uh, the boons are just too uh, beneficial at the moment to survivors. But they're basically horrible placement for a ruin. I always spawn in on like auto haven and have a ruin next to a gen it's just ridiculous that's why no one really uses hex perks anymore yeah so i bet you guys have had some really good matches with um with clown in particular but do you have any that um anything you can share like your best moments any memorable moments you can share with us i have a couple um first one i was playing against uh this was when i was i guess newer to clown he had just come out recently a month or two beforehand um and I was just learning how to arc bottles and uh, do things from heights. But I had a decently popular streamer in my lobby. Um, and I had gotten Pale Rose against him in his four-man. Um, the game was basically over. I had two people slugged, one on a hook, and I was chasing the streamer. I 
arced a bottle over the dock of the Pale Rose and I directed the streamer as he was unhooking to cancel the unhook action. And then I hit the streamer, downed him, and he DC'd. And I was, I've always been very proud of that. And it's the first thing I think of when I think of the streamer now. Um, outside of that, I've been able to get bottles through tiny little holes in the shack. I've been able to get bottles through tiny gaps in rocks before. Um, I was able to get a bottle through the back of someone, like through someone's back while someone else is going for an unhook on the other side of the hook to cancel them. But most of my favorite clown plays are ones where I can stop an unhook while someone's running to a mid chase. Uh, my own experiences, um, uh, it's kind of similar to Honks's one with the DC. Um, I was hooking a survivor, I was running a devourer game, and uh, I seen her on barbecue in Chile, and I seen her just begin on my totem. And it was uh, on Macmillan. I actually have this clip on my uh, channel. It was a really old clip. And um, it was behind a rock by opposite of Shaq, and uh, I threw it over one of the walls of the outside uh, of the map came over the rock bottle tossed her and it was already at a devour stage where i could instantly down them so i hit her and uh, she instantly dc'd after that um the, i guess the only other real amazing plays you can do with him is interrupting the you know hook saving and uh, getting to grab there's um I've interrupted, you know, at the exit gates, you know, if I didn't bottle toss them, they would have gotten that extra millisecond to open the gate and dead hard out, but they didn't have time or the, they didn't have the realization that they have been bottle tossed and interrupted. So it's gotten me a lot of wins. Bottle tossing is just the best play you can do with clown all around. Uh, the uh, clown for me, at least, is a killer with a lot of gratification. Like, I, I feel very satisfied when I, whenever I make a good play with him. Um, and that's that's one of the reasons I like him over other killers is because I can consistently make good plays like that. With uh, with Huntress cross maps, it's still very reliant on the like the survivors positioning. But you know, I could be in a match with no survivors and just sitting there uh, throwing at different places to figure out like how the gas will spread. And if I'm mid chase with someone and I throw somewhere and the bottle completely misses, but it goes really high and it hits somewhere that I'll be able to use in another chase in another game, then I'll feel very satisfied and happy in the moment, even if it's not giving me anything that match. So, now that you've mastered the clown, what advice would you give to new players or even your past self? Just to experiment as much as I can. Um, when clown was like, clown when he first released, everyone thought he was like a high mid tier killer and then he slowly started dropping on everyone's list until he was the bottom. And even now he's, you know, most people will say Clown's bottom five. And that got really discouraging for me. Um, so I guess the best advice I can give to a new player in my past self would just be to experiment more and don't get too discouraged. Um, I feel like if I experimented more, I could be at the level I'm at now a couple months ago. Um, but I just gave up uh, on Clown time and time again. I was like, oh, there's nothing else to learn. There's nothing else to do. But he's one of those killers where there really is always something you could be doing better, even if it doesn't help a monumental amount like learning how to hug tech his blade is going to help you so much. Just learning one new spot as clown a day, it'll help you in the future. It's just they add up quick is how much those shots will help you. My biggest advice to new players, and I've seen many of my friends doing this on their streams and stuff. People tap the throw button and they look up to the sky as they throw. And what happens a lot of the time is the bottle will actually land at your feet mid chase because, you know, the bottle doesn't get much momentum and you're consistently moving as it's traveling in the air. So it just lands on you. 
how you throw bottles in a straight line, and it should be the easiest part of clown, but uh, a lot of people struggle with it. You just aim the bottle till it glows, and aim ever so slightly down, like 5% down. And you throw it, it will shoot like a bullet, and it will bottle toss to Survivor. And if you're running Pinky Finger or anything, it will be hugely beneficial. It's actually beneficial if they're running towards a pallet as well. What, what I'll do a lot of the time is I'll bottle toss someone as they're running to a pallet, come around the other side, and meet them on the other side and down them. Because what a lot of people don't remember is when you bottle toss someone, I don't know what the percentage is, but the vision of the survivor gets more obscured than normal. And it can actually help you because they'll stop looking at you, they'll turn their camera, they'll say, oh god, where's the pallet? And then they see, okay, like, okay, I'll drop it. And when they turn the camera, you're already on the other side waiting for them. So you can do a lot of plays with that simple trick alone. And uh, i just seen so many people throwing bottles at themselves, basically, and it hurts to see, but... And they're, they're the same people that will say Clown is a bad killer, but they never gave him a true shot. Yeah, that's basically it. One thing to add on to that, actually, is uh, it's the perfect example of what I was saying earlier, is uh, for the longest time I thought Clown had no way of guaranteeing a hit at a truck loop on Auto Haven. Um, and then eventually I realized, oh, I could throw this bottle straight up, um, maybe a foot away from the truck, and it would uh, it would land right in the truck bed and it would spread to both sides of the loop, which made the truck loops mind gameable instead of something a survivor could always reach if they were on the opposite side of the loop from me. Um, so just being extremely gimmicky and learning things like that is just, it's so useful and it's so fun. Okay, well, with all of the jungle gyms, you've got the LT walls, your long walls, the killer shack, and every other tile out there, what is your favorite tile to play? Definitely jungle gyms. Um, there's a lot of different ways to run jungle gyms, and I think they're probably the most fair tile in the game. I think a good survivor against a bad killer, a good survivor can run a, a bad killer there for ages, but a good killer against a bad survivor, the killer's always going to get a hit extremely fast. So Jungle Gyms have always stood out to me as the best tile in DVD. Um, and more so on the front of just being a clown player. Uh, there's a lot of different spots I can throw. Uh, what I've been doing lately and practicing is well in motion, trying to hit the thin top of the walls of the Jungle Gyms to spread it out on two different sides of a wall. Um, so I could do that on the side of the wall with the pallet. Um, and it will spread to both that in, like that inner square part of the jungle gym, but also outside of it if the survivor tries to run it long. Or I could do it at the little corner of the L at the jungle gym next to the window. It would spread in front of the window on the side if they try to run around and get a fast fault. Um, just there's a lot of different spots you can do. There's a lot of mind gaming involved, especially as clown. Um, and I do have uh, some graphs for that if you want them. Um, I would say my favorite one is probably Shaq. Uh... You can shut down Shaq with one bottle. Like imagine you're chasing someone on the non-pallet, you're chasing someone to the non-pallet door of Shaq. You can mind game your red stain like a normal killer there, moonwalk backwards towards the window. Then you may you might meet the survivor at the window and get a hit. And if not, you just keep uh, going. Then turn, look at the window. There's two lockers in every Shaq. You, well, is there three? I think there's, um, there's two that you can see, but you throw the bottle and you hit just above the locker closest to the door, it usually spreads enough so that when they come around at the pallet, they will be gassed while they try and go for the window. And if that happens, you can get to the pallet, go back around by the window and finish the chase. 
usually that's how a lot of my Shaq plays go, or else they'll pre-drop and you'll get rid of Shaq Palette easily, which, you know, everyone calls Shaq Palette God Palette. Clown gets rid of it relatively quickly, which is huge, but a lot of people will go down for it, you know, in the higher level. So talking about these vaults then, when you throw a bottle, does it actually stop you from fast vaulting? If they're under the effect of the gas, they'll slow, they'll medium vault it instead of fast vaulting. If they're already stuck in the vacuum for the fast vault, if they already press the prompt that says fast vault, they're going to fast vault no matter what. If you hit them with a bottle, it's not going to immediately make them medium. You have to make sure that they're gassed before they've, they have a prompt to vault the, the window. So that's a kind of, that's like the same thing as Freddy Krueger then. If you put his snare too close to the window, you can fast vault before you get slowed down. In fact, you don't get slowed down at all, but you do get the effect. Yeah, you'll be slowed after the vault. It's just not, not during. Okay. Uh, well, the general consensus on this next question is usually very similar to um, everyone else's opinion on it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So with MMR being a thing in the game now, um, have you guys noticed any significant changes in your games? Are they, are they noticeably harder? Um, this might be a bit different for me than uh, Kemzi because I play NA and he plays EU. Um, but I've pretty much only ever played crossplay off since crossplay has started. I only like playing against PC players because I just like the chat interaction after the games and just interacting and making new friends with people that play DVD at the same area I do. Um, so I haven't really noticed any difference. I've noticed a lot of the same rank one survivors uh, that I had before at the MMR shift are people that I'm getting with now. Um, generally, most of the players I'm getting have 2,000 to 3,000 hours, sometimes more, not really ever less. Uh, so MMR hasn't really changed too much for me. I've noticed a little bit more like sweat squads among the people I played with before, but outside of that, not really. I um, play crossplay off, and um, I'll be honest with you, uh, uh, I have like, let's say I have 10 games, seven, 7 to 6 of them will be absolute sweatfests. And believe it or not, some of the best players I've gone against have been um, on console. And I, I know a lot of people joke about, you know, consoles being worse, but at the end of the day, uh, I can agree with that when it comes to like a killer, like you would say Blight, Huntress you know, Trickster, anyone that you would need a mouse and keyboard for, but you can master Survivor with a controller relatively easily. So I get juiced a lot and play uh, console Survivors. But um, yeah, I've noticed a lot more harder games, whereas before I could have a chill game every three games maybe, but now, like I, I run three gen regression perks a game, that alone should tell you my own mentality towards the game. When you're playing one of the weakest killers in the game and uh, we're going against people that like have mastered movements against Blight and Nurse and stuff, Clown has very little chance unless you play absolutely filthy, like camping, slugging, you know. But yeah, basically it's just uh, you have to try a lot harder with Clown nowadays, especially in the EU. I've watched American streamers, I've watched uh, streamers in Asia and their games seem to be easier. But a lot of comp players seem to be in Europe, from what I've seen. I don't know if that has any relevance to it, but um, I think, in my own experience, Europe is the hardest region at the moment to play in. But uh, I could be wrong, you know? Someone could correct me on that. But yeah, that's my opinion on it. But how do you use your bottles to counter loops? Um, very, very wide application there, um, just because... Uh, 
it depends on how the maps are going to spawn. Like, for example, if I'm looking at a like a truck loop from earlier, I could look up, I could take a step back, look up and throw it straight up and land in the middle of the loop and try to cover both signs. But, you know, at that point, I'm taking a step away from the pallet and taking my eyes off the survivor. It's much easier if, say, RNG says there's a tree there and I could throw it a little bit higher at the tree and that it still cover both sides. The gist is I try to cover both sides of the loop with just one bottle. I'm trying not to use more than one at any loop in the game. Um, and that can't always happen, especially sometimes with uh, with shack. If the survivor's really good and they try to run along the back wall of the shack, I might have to use more than one to confirm a hit. Um, but generally, I'm trying to cover as much of a loop as I can with one bottle. Um, but that's going to heavily vary from RNG to map selection to anything. So you say about throwing it higher. The, is it the higher you throw it, the more spread you get? Yeah, so the gas spawns in six little pockets. Um, and the higher the gas breaks, the further those pockets are going to spread out from each other. So you're trying to find a sweet spot with most areas. Um, so if I throw at the very top of a tree, it's going to spread very far, but there's going to be a lot of little gaps in your clouds. And survivors can just run straight through those and not care. They won't get affected by anything. You're trying to find a spot where it's a perfect little circle where a survivor can't touch that circle without getting intoxicated, um, but it spreads out far enough to cover the majority of a loop. So perfect spots to do this are things like the top the top of a jungle gym wall will spread out far enough to cover both sides and still always intoxicate a survivor. Um, Larry's, uh, the ceilings of the, the little bench loops on Larry's is tall enough to cover the entire loop but not be too far. Uh, you're just trying to find that sweet spot on as many areas as you can. Um, just to add a, t as I said, uh, Honks plays a lot more technical than me. I'm a lot more aggressive and it, it kind of loses me cha much more chases. But um, for instance, I would have no problem using three bottles at a at shack to secure down. But uh, like I said, it can mess me up as well. I play a lot for the leaderboards of DBD, so I very rarely want to end a chase with zero bottles while they're not gassed. I always try to get it intoxicated down just for the, you know, the number. <laughs> Ever since uh, I found out with the leaderboards, I've been uh, grinding them as hard as I can. But um, I suppose a tiny similarity to Blight with Clown is, you know how a tree can randomly spawn at a loop like uh, Honkster was saying that you can use? You can you can imagine it as the same as uh, using that tree to bounce with Blight. You can use it as a bottle to cover more of the loop. So they have that tiny little similarity, but um, like if you ever watch me versus uh, Honks, I'll just go bottle their feet most of the time, whereas he may go for the environment more. But I'm trying to learn myself to go for the environment more. It's more much more beneficial and saves bottles. But yeah. Okay, so other than in the ways you've just described, is there a most effective way to use your bottles, or is there just lots of good ways to use them? Probably just lots of good ways. Um, there's not really a wrong play style with Clown, um, but it, it's, it's it's more so the fact of the Clown's bottles are very counterable, even at loops, um, by a good start with good reaction time. So it's just how creative can you be while still being efficient? It, it's a killer that's all about creative thinking around tiles and tile knowledge. Um, when you say efficient way to use them, uh... I suppose the most effective thing, and we've talked about it a lot already, is uh, bottle tossing. You know, whether it's with pinky finger or interrupting a hook save, it's just the best play you can do with clown, in my opinion. 
it can be the difference between winning a game and losing a game. You know, like imagine just two survivors left and one person's injured going for the hook save and you know they're going to get the save off of time, but you can bottle toss the survivor and they don't get the save and you down them. You win a game, basically. You prevent another two minutes from being added to the game. It's basically the best thing you can do with it and uh, I encourage people to aim for bottle tosses more, even though it's more difficult. So I've watched quite a good bit of gameplay with Clown and I'm hearing a lot about people charging a bottle. Can you tell us what it is? So that's essentially just... Um... Clown has variable uh, distances and angles based on how charged his bottles are. Uh, I think this works on a switch system, but I could be wrong. Um, so basically, if you just pull out a bottle instantly, it's not going to go as far and it's not going to go as fast. But if you charge up a bottle for, I think it's one second, the bottle will flash white and it'll change its angling. So it'll go further, faster. Um, but this can have downsides too. Uh, for example, if I uh, leave a bottle semi-uncharged, I could throw over uh, a wall, but then still land decently close to that wall, which might be more beneficial in a situation compared to fully charging a bottle and throwing it, which might overshoot or it might hit a further wall than the one I want to get near. Yeah, just like Hunk said, um, like my example earlier of throwing it in a straight line is the best example. For example, if you just tap the button, you're basically going to bottle yourself. If you hold the button and aim slightly down, for instance, you're going to shoot the bottle like a bullet much easier to bottle toss that way helps you get the loops and you can throw it past the survivor and gas a loop a potential loop and if they realize they're not going to make it in time even though if they could have and get in the pallet they it kind of mind games them it makes them not want to step in the gas like a lot of survivors feel like stepping in gas is an instant hit when it's not always the case so you can mind game them into a dead zone but if they're experienced they'll go through the gas and maybe they'll still reach the loop but you have a high chance of getting the hit either way, basically. Okay. Um, we haven't really touched much on the afterpiece antidote, the speed-up clouds. Do you guys ever use them in chases to gain distance? Are they even worth using? So the antidote uh, suffers from the big problem of its value is just lower than the tonics. So the antidote, the only time where the math is in the antidote's favor is when you're chasing a survivor already and they're very far away from you. Um, it's good to catch up and stop W keying, but you can't use them for mobility. If you use all four of your bottles, uh, this is add on list. If you use all four of your bottles and then reload, you actually have lost distance if you try to use them for mobility. Uh, so it's bad for that. At loops, it's got a lower value and at loops, when there's a smaller radius, you're just trying to get as much value to the gas as you can. The purple is always going to be better. And there's obviously the fact that the survivor can be affected by it. So generally, unless the survivor is just holding W across the map, I never use yellow bottles. Yeah, um, I when people ask me in my stream, for example, I always tell them as a joke, yellow bottles don't exist. But in very specific scenarios, um, as Hongs was saying, W King across the map, if, you, if you're in a close enough range to bottle toss them or affect the survivor with the purple gas, yellow bottles are not worth using. But if they're absurdly far away and the gas will never reach them, but you can utilize it, that is the scenario to use yellow bottles. There's also, you can also like, let's say it's a big loop. You can try and purple gas the end of the loop or the survivor, yellow gas yourself, and then mind game them to make come close to the yellow gas where they're not stepping in it. But then you go the opposite way and 
push them back into the purple gas while you're using the yellow gas to catch up on them. But I've tried this a lot, and in my experience, they still get to the pallet and drop it on you before you can get the hit, or you just barely make it. So at the end of the day, it's not worth using, and even simpler again, it's simple mathematics. Would you rather speed yourself up 10% or slow them down 15%, you know? And you're still moving at 115, so 85% versus 115%, it's just simple, you know? And then uh, any other use for the yellow bottles that I can possibly think of is just something that's add-on dependent. Cigar box and doing things like backpack builds with Starstruck is good, but you need cigar box. Um, if you use a yellow bottle and you throw it at your feet, uh, as you're, and you throw it at a pallet as you're walking towards it to break it, then break the pallet and get a little speed boost. But at that point, you probably need a feather add-on. So they, they have their uses. They're not completely useless. They I don't think they don't exist, but... Um, you need to run certain add-ons or perks or the survivor just has to be in a situation where you can't hit them with purple bottles or they just uh, have to be very far away from you and just there's no way you can lock them anywhere for me to want to use them just so we're clear um cigar box cigar box reveals everyone's aura that's in 16 meters of you under the effects of the yellow gas just in case anyone's wondering what it does it's pretty good but yeah i'll just clear that up the only instance I've seen personally of people making use of the yellow gas is like smashing at their own feet and picking a survivor up to take them to a hook. But then you have to reload after anyway and you lose all that time running and you spend that time reloading instead. Um, for me personally, I reload while I'm looking around using barbecue and chili. I use barbecue and chili in almost every build. So I always reload after hooking, even if I have three bottles left, even if I have six bottles left when I'm using both bottle add-ons where you can have a seven total maximum. And if you're um, if you're after downing survivor and you have uh, any amount of bottles left, it's it's worth it to gas yourself, but it's just also kind of not worth it at the same time because it's, I don't even know if you're going to save time. If you save time, you're saving point zero point three seconds maybe, but it's just a little gimmick, you know, I don't know. If you're going to reload anyways, you may as well use it. That's how we see it, especially if you're using Fedder, you know. So if you could make any changes to Clown, what would they be? I think that the difference between how much I want to use the yellow bottle and how much I want to use the purple bottle is too wide. And I wish they would buff the, I wish they would buff both of them because on top of that, I feel like the difference between the purple bottle without flask of bleach and the purple bottle with flask of bleach is too wide. I, if I could ask for anything, I wish they would um, do what they did to pig where they would remove flask of bleach from the game and then they would buff Clown's um, base slow value to like 17.5 instead of 15 and just give us half of the value or even keep Flask, make Flask still make it 20, but give us like half of that effect at base. So I could have 17.5 at base and then 20 with the add-on or just 17.5 at base and just remove the add-on. It's, it's too strong by itself and playing Clown with it and without it is like playing two different killers. I think Clown without it is probably one of the worst killers in the game but clown with it is low mid um and i wish they would change that because the add-on's too strong as it stands um and then on top of that if you did that you would have to buff yellows because then the purple bottles would just be better than them in every situation i wish that the yellow bottles gave you the same amount of distance in a shorter amount of time so that i felt like i could use them in more situations um, just if the survivor was a little bit closer, if I gained the same amount of distance in four seconds instead of five, I'd be more likely to do it. 
but I have to find a situation where I have five seconds where I know I'm not gonna, the survivor isn't gonna try to tether down to a pallet or a, a jungle gym or something. Um, me personally, I had a pretty big uh, difference. Um, I think Clown with purple bottles is perfect. At the, well, he's not perfect, he's pretty weak. But Clown's biggest issue is map pressure. And look at Freddy. Well, I know Freddy's nerfed now, but look at Freddy when he released, right? He was basically clown with map pressure, and look how powerful he was. No one can argue he was overpowered. So, what I, what I thought about is you have yellow bottles, but you imagine you just drink the potion, or, you know, it's all smoke. So, imagine he inhales it himself, like he just sniffs the bottle, and then he has either like 7 seconds or 10 seconds of 150% movement speed where he cannot attack but you can cancel it at any time like you can turn it it's a maximum of 7 seconds or saying you can cancel it after 1 second kind of like legion's frenzy so you could use that for map pressure and to make it balanced he has like a 2 second stun where he just has like a coughing fit and he like moves at the same speed where you would move after you uh successfully hit someone you know that slow movement speed you're still moving but it's almost non-noticeable i think um those that that's a pretty uh, good idea i had i also this is a bit of a controversial one i also thought of um base kit for every five seconds a survivor is in the gas they get one percent permanently uh debuffed under speed for the rest of the game up to a maximum of 5%. So that would mean they have to stand in the gas for a total of 25 seconds, and you would have Flask of Bleach base kit. And it makes sense with the lore, you know, if you're in toxic gas, you're going to damage your lungs, you would damage your stamina. It makes sense with the killer. But at the same time, how many seconds does the average survivor stay in Clown's gas, you know? So I guess uh, it could be overpowered, but... It's just, it's not going to break the game, you know? It's not going to be game-breaking if they added that. But that, those are my ideas. Okay, well, thank you very much for being here. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. No problem, it was a pleasure. Anytime. We've all learned a lot of um, a lot of new things. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. I really enjoyed it. At the time of this interview, all add-ons are up to date. There is a patch which is due to be released in the next couple of weeks which will change some of the add-ons mentioned in this interview. If you have listened to the end, we would like to thank you. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, then please subscribe. This interview was recorded on patch 5.4.2. I would like to thank Kemsey and Officer Honks for the interview, myself, Jamie Lee 2K, and Topher for co-hosting the interview and being part of the intro. Any links will be in the description of the podcast, and we look forward to you hearing the next one.